The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Barry Odom's job recruiter, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Ed Ogeron's Gatorade dry cleaner, Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. So, Missouri had their final regular season game of the year on Friday after Thanksgiving, and they played the mighty Arkansas Razorbacks. The Tigers came out with a 38 to nothing victory. And dictum, dictum is right. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, were impressive on all fronts, especially defense. I think that's the most noteworthy point, considering this is an Arkansas team that put 31 points on Alabama. That was not the team we saw on Friday. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that game uh, against Alabama and Arkansas. How did that team score 31 against Alabama? Well, I think this is a broken team. They came into this game 2-9 and nine with no SEC victories in the season, and I think at this point, they had nothing at all to play for, and it was super cold and rainy, yep. and they probably hated it. Yeah, every second of it. Half the players are suspended for trying to fuck cheerleaders, I believe, down in Mississippi. That didn't hurt uh, Drew Locke's numbers, no, The uh, before the game. The secondary for Arkansas, the entire secondary, was trying to slip up in the uh, britches of Mississippi State's dance squad or cheerleaders. What's I'm not 100% point of, sure. What's the point of being a... A division one athlete, if not to plow cheerleaders, Brennan. That's a, it's a good, great point, Colin. And, you know, when I saw why they were suspended, I thought because they were talking to some girls that seemed yeah. weak. Apparently, I guess it was during the middle of warmups. Sure. So that's part of the problem. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it's also easier to s- suspend guys when you have nothing to play for and sure. you're two or nine. If, you know, the SEC championship was on the line, I think maybe they'd get them on talking to mm-hmm. and then they'd be on the field on yeah. Friday. If this was a Bob Stoops team, those guys are. 
playing football. If this was a Bryles team, he'd have encouraged them to rape them. <laughs> That's true, Caleb. That's because an excellent point. Art Bryles is a rape enabler. <laughs> yes, he is. Much like Jimbo Fisher. Anyway, yeah, it was it was a great game. It was a great game for Drew Locke, and I wanted to point out the Drew Locke angle for quite a little while, I think, because it was the final home game, final regular season game for Drew Locke ever, and we've had our ups and downs with Drew Locke, you know. We've had uh, complaints about him not being able to perform in the big game. And, of course, against Tennessee and Florida, he's really dispelled that of late. You know, he is everything everybody's talked about. He's a great arm. He's a true son. Kansas City. His dad played football here. You know, he's got a lot of history. stuck around for his senior year. No question we're going to miss Drew Locke next season. And we're going to. it's going to take a while, even if we have a good replacement, even if we get this Bryant kid from Clemson, it's going to take a while to get used to not having the kind of rocket for an arm that Drew Locke has and making the passes that he's been able to make over his four years here at Mizzou. If there's one thing that gives me some optimism for what's to come, it's that our running game and our uh, offensive line should still be very good next year. They absolutely trounced Arkansas. Ar- we just had our way with Arkansas in all phases of the game, but our offensive line just pushed them around and, you know, so th- there's no reason that they can't do that with somebody other than Drew Locke playing quarterback. Right. Not that, you know, but a quarterback's a pretty important part of a football team. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to football. but mm-hmm. it, We're not it, experts it, like you. It, it means something. So, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic that Mizzou can recruit a quarterback. I'm, you know, I keep hearing that Barry Odom's got a better recruiting class, his best recruiting class to the, to this point coming in and, and things are kind of getting on the tracks and he ended the season the right way. I mean, I think a lot of people were sort of disappointed if they weren't on the Barry Odom boat that he's done it again. You know, he saved his job and he's one that got a lot of big wins. And I mean, goddamn, they're going to end up with nine wins if they get win a bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I'm, um, yeah. So you can't argue with that. And they have nine wins and still be unranked. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and, and, that's something. Not for nothing, but wins where he just pounded fucking people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I think. We talked about in lots of shows, it's not just how we win or how we lose. It's, or if whether we win or lose, it's how we win and how we lose. You know, those embarrassing losses where we fuck ourselves are worse than just a run of the mill loss. You know, if we played teams who, whose, uh, patrons fuck their cousins every week, we'd be 11 and 0. Yeah. Well, we pound on Tennessee and Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. The only place where that falls down is Kentucky beat us. Yeah. And yeah. South Carolina. Mm, that's true. All yeah, all cousin fuckers. Yeah, sure. Sister fuckers as well. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget that. I think they fucked their sisters in Kentucky and South Carolina. That's the problem we have. We mm-hmm. haven't been able to beat them. Only the cousin fuckers. Mm. Yeah. Now, if we can play well against the teams that just fucked their second cousins, we're starting to get somewhere. Yeah. But, yeah, this is a season, too, where it, this really separates the people who look at the glass half full or half, half empty because you do look at this season, and Caleb mentioned we're not ranked in the you know after the final game of the regular season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Where eight Pitt lost and still managed to be number twenty four. Yeah, and, and we, you know, I think they said we've had like the fifth most difficult schedule in the entire college football, and still not ranked. Imagine, but the, this is a team that could be ten and two and in the top ten easily, yeah. easily, and and or not ranked at all. It's unbelievable. Imagine the fucking mewing, bellowing bullshit that would come from a program like Tennessee if they weren't ranked after a season like this. Mizzou fans are just kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. But, right. I mean, we should be sort of upset that we can't even crack the top 25. Yeah, and I think the only thing that keeps me from being too upset is that uh, we have a bowl game ahead. Who knows who we'll play? We'll find out after championship week. But Missouri's a team, I feel like, when they when they get ranked, they believe their own hype. 
And uh, it's better to not have any hype, I think, for this Missouri squad because it gives them something to play for. If they win and go 9-4, and four, they almost certainly will be in the top 25 because a lot of those teams like Iowa State, who is ranked ahead of us, mm-hmm. uh, they will lose in their bowl game. I don't know who they're playing, but yeah. they're going to lose. Mark that down. Well, that's, that's a perfect example. Iowa State. Well, are they six and four or they won again? No, they're, they're eight and four. They won't, they barely beat Kansas State. Sure, sure. And, uh, eight and four. So, uh, they, they have our same record, you know, so, Mm -hmm. you know, in the vaunted Big 12, everybody knows what a, what a powerhouse those, that those teams are, the Kansases and the, yeah, they get two games in the college football playoff this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or is it zero? I think it's zero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Just checking on that. What I was getting at is that you could be a guy who, I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who looks at this team and see all the what ifs and how good we could be working on an 11 win season possibly if we went to a New Year's Day Bowl and won. Or you can look at it and say, hey, we're eight and four. We could be nine wins. Every year Barry Odom's been a coach here. He has gotten better. Depends how you want to look at the season because both angles are true. Yep. That's, it depends on the day and my mood depends on how I feel about this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, at, at the end of the Arkansas game, I was, I was like, this is awesome. You mm-hmm. know, this has been a great end of the season. I couldn't have enjoyed this more. We're throttling these SEC teams that just, you just know that Missouri sticking it to them. Nothing sticks in their craw. Oh, God. Oh, I mean. Like a hair on a biscuit, as Coach Odom would say, That's sticks right. in the throat. Well, one thing that was aggravating to me is this is the third year that Demaria Crockett was unable to play Arkansas. Obviously, his great freshman year when he was over a 1,000 yards rushing, he wasn't able to play because he decided it would be a good idea to smoke weed in a car mm-hmm. after a game and was suspended. Uh, the last two years, he's been injured for this game. Uh, next year, he'll be a senior. Maybe he'll finally get to play Arkansas because he is obviously from Arkansas and wasn't recruited by them because, as we saw by this team that was beating 38 to nothing i guess he's just not good enough <laughs> yeah not good enough playing that 38 to nothing team <laughs> yeah but uh, larry roundtree i think he went over 100 yards rushing over a thousand for the season yep he sure uh, did Beatty looked good once again Beatty's as he, exciting Beatty, Beatty's a freshman Beatty's a freshman and Beatty has got 
some electricity that neither Crockett nor Roundtree have. And Crockett and Roundtree are both good running backs, but you can see Beatty's got it. Yeah, he's got a little something special. Well, and and it's going to be fun to watch him develop. He's a different type of runner, and the thing that excites me about Beatty is we came in here with a two-headed beast at running back, and I think I've said this before, and there wasn't a space for another guy to make his mark, mm-hmm. yet he wiggled his way in there and made his name anyway because he's that good. And think of just all the options. Crockett's hurt. Doesn't matter. We got another. We got. Two, we still got two great running backs. If we're lucky, Alberto will stay one more year because of injury. Uh, that Parker kid looked good. Who's a converted defensive end? He's mm-hmm. he's, he's now playing tight end. He looks good. We are going to lose Blanton, but I feel like we we're especially if oh Alberto well, stays, we're Mas- set at tight end. And we got Messiah Swenson coming in, who was mm-hmm. hurt at the beginning of this year yep. as a freshman, and we yep. haven't even seen him play yet. But he was a highly touted tight end as well. We're thick at tight end. We we were really experienced on offense last year, and granted, we're losing Drew Locke, who's a key to this offense, but. We're going to be solid on offense again next year. We just don't know what the passing game is going to look like. That'll depend on recruiting. Uh, defensively, you know, this is a defense that's had a lot of problems, especially in the secondary. But one thing I will say about Barry Odom's teams are we <laughs> came out his first year as a head coach and our defense looked terrible and they've gotten better every year. Mm-hmm. They have less and less problematic. We're not to the point where our defense is a killer defense yet, but they're moving in the right direction. And I think generally that's what you can say about Barry Odom's program. And I think really, you know, not getting into the nuts and bolts of this Arkansas game because it was an absolute blowout. We did everything we wanted to against them. Barry Odom starting to get offers, notably from Louisville. Mutual interest from both sides, they say. Of course, what we really think is going to happen here is that uh, he is angling for more money from Jim Sterk. And he's in a position where absolutely he should get it. He's raised his profile. He's had a good winning season. And he's the lowest paid coach in the SEC, mm-hmm. obviously a team can come in and say, we can pay you better than what you're getting now. Well, nothing makes Barry Odom look better than somebody else wanting him. Well, and this is the market at work. He looks good and people are interested. And this is what happens. I mean, one thing you've said about having Barry Odom as a coach, Colin, is that no coach is more likely to stick around true. than our homegrown guy. Um, hopefully, he doesn't leave for Louisville and immediately prove you wrong and say, fuck you, Mizzou. Well, uh, to me, I, I this is obviously just prediction time, but I can't imagine that he would leave for Louisville as long as Missouri steps up to the plate. I, I can see him leaving if, I mean, if Missouri's going to show their ass, I mean, he could go. Um, it helps Sterk decide to give him money and take less grief for it. Because, sure. And, and isn't it crazy that at this point in the season, after that Kentucky game, that we're saying, gosh, I hope he doesn't leave. Yeah. I, it's unbelievable. I, I, I'll bet there's still people listening to this podcast right now that are like, no, fuck it, let him go. Well, if you dug your heels in, Absolutely, you're going to be that way, but your position gets less and less well, tenable as he keeps winning games. Well, and I don't think, and I think everyone listening needs to understand that it's okay to change your mind about things. It's okay to take information as it comes and let it color what your opinion is. And throttling SEC teams definitely colors my opinion of Barry Odom. Louisville finding him to be an attractive coaching option colors my opinion. It's okay to change your mind. Don't dig in your heels like TJ Mo. Now TJ Mo's gonna end up being right, God for God hate him for being right, because he's gonna end up Barry Adams gonna end up gonna get an extension. He's gonna fall ass backwards into being right. But he what I'm right saying is along. is that he is not he had picked a position. Like there was no there, Barry Odom could have fucking lit the campus on fire, lost all the rest of the games and middle fingered TJ Mo's mom and TJ Mo would have been in Barry Odom's camp because he had dug those heels in, and that was his position. No matter how untenable it was, it was his, going to be his position. I don't want anyone to be that way. People's opinions, people's 
where they stand should be constantly evolving. Build the wall. <laughs> yeah, Caleb was 100% against the wall at first, but now he's on board. Yeah, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, an army of shoeless immigrants will, <laughs> half-starved shoeless immigrants will change anyone's mind, Brendan. Setting him at basement with an AR-15 right now in case they go. And he's not joking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One thing I would think Louisville would not be interested in is Barry Odom's ability to beat Kentucky. No. You know, they play Kentucky no. every year, and you'd think no. they'd want a guy who had some experience doing that, but he has strange. Yeah. That's his, that's his Achilles heel. The other Kentucky. thing is he's 19 and 18 overall and has been at Missouri. And I don't know that that's necessarily an appealing thing, although there's a lot of things that he can count, as I mentioned, two straight years to a bowl game, getting better every season. Well, I don't know that he's their top choice, but he's certainly just being in that conversation is going to help him in the negotiation room with his current boss. I would like to do the math for his last two seasons versus um, I, I feel like with any coach it, you're allowed to throw out the first season and oh, if, 100%. And, and if you threw out the first season for Barry Odom those numbers start to look a lot better. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean it's it's when, when I go back to the moment where I watched us lose to Kentucky, I remember the rage. Like I was ready to drive to Columbia and escort Barry Odom in person to the airport. And now I'm just like, boy, I hope Barry Odom doesn't leave. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how a few games will change your mind. And that's the benefit of being a fan podcast is that we can be insane with our opinions and uh, <laughs> Absolutely. just race the chalkboard to start yeah. over the next week. It's an etch catch. It's a sketch. You know, I go from ungovernable rage to very, very happy very quickly. Yeah. Well, winning late will do that to you. And we had a very front-loaded season. I mean, this is not – here's the thing. I think this is a better coaching job for Barry Odom because last year he got a lot of credit for winning five straight – or six straight, I don't remember, after uh, the famous Auburn angry speech. But we had a really weak schedule down the stretch last year, and that was no surprise to anybody. This schedule is not nearly as weak. Florida was number 11 in the country, and we went to the swamp, not here at home, but to the swamp and kicked their ass – Tennessee was a team at that time on the men. They were talking about Jeremy Pruitt being SEC coach of the year. Again, we had to play at Knoxville and we beat them handily. And so, you know, these are more difficult games than we faced last year. And we came out with a better record. Yeah. We could have been 10 and two. We weren't. We're eight and four. We're going to have an okay bowl game. And if we win that thing, which we didn't do last year, nine wins. I mean, I was saying earlier a few weeks ago that people are acting like we already have eight wins, even though we don't. Mm hmm. Well, they took care of business. Now we're sitting, we absolutely do have the eight wins. Now let's hope we don't do what we did against Texas and shit the bed. Right. But, you know, you know, you know, it's, it's pretty apparent to not just Mizzou fans, but, you know, I saw Clay Travis tweet something out about how Missouri would beat South Carolina and Kentucky if they played them again. And of course that got, you know, the, the uh, waterheads from those states all rubbed up. But it's like if Clay Travis, who hates Missouri, hates it because, you know, we're all, in his mind, we're just a bunch of Colin Kaepernick-loving liberal waterheads. But, you know, so for him to say that is, you know, it must be bold-faced. Right. Missouri is is probably the second best team in the SEC East and maybe the third best team in all of the SEC. If we don't blow South Carolina and Kentucky, we absolutely are. We'd be one game behind Georgia. Instead, we've fallen dramatically from those two losses. But that being said, you can't look at the season without saying we did well. I mean, we we were hoping eight wins was – our sort of seven, eight wins was a barometer for how good of a season we could and should have. I think we talked about this team before the season started. We knew we were seven and five last year. It said, what would make you happy? And eight was the threshold. And yeah. here we are. We're at that threshold with the possibility of going one higher. You have to really dig your heels in to say this has been a bad season because it has not. 
So it started badly. It, it did start badly, starting with the South Carolina game and then the Kentucky game. There's always, and Missouri is good for one, just kicking themselves in the nuts oh, as hard as yeah. possible every year. And Kentucky was that thing. It was such a bad loss. A lot of people said this is a program defining <laughs> loss. And yet Barry Odom somehow erased it, flipped the script. So yeah. good for him. I mean, you can't complain. Also, before we get to the voicemails, guys, I want to mention one thing. Terry Beckner Jr., he should not be on this team. There was no reason for him to come back to his mm-hmm. first senior year. All he was going to get out of that was a possible injury, and yet he did. He came back to college. He came back to Mizzou. He's a senior now. got one game left to play. I can't root for a guy harder than I root for Terry Beckner Jr. As yeah. much as Drew Locke has gotten all kinds of praise for being a true son and sticking around, Terry Beckner Jr. was in a position where he absolutely could have gone to the NFL and chose not to, and he's been a great force up the middle constantly double teamed by every team we play, including Alabama, mm-hmm. because he's so big and so strong, and I can't wait for him to be successful at the next level. Mazel tov. So, guys, you want to get to those voicemails? And Let's do I- that. So these, I think these voicemails, we haven't listened to them yet. They're as new to you as they are to me. Uh, I think some of them will be about the season, and some will be about the Arkansas game altogether. But let's get into it now. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Hey, I'm calling from the stadium. 21-0. Going great. Really freaking cold. I love it. Your luck has more rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns today. That's cool. I'm also cool. It's really cold. I love it. It might be. Just going to throw this out here. Don't eat peanut butter directly before calling. Just a tip to callers. Don't don't fill your mouth full of peanut butter before calling. Give the guy a break. I'm sure his lips were frozen. <laughs> That's true. Terrible. He's a better man than me for going. And I had I had an offer to go. <laughs> Call on indoor seats. Let's be indoor honest. seats. Columns Club. Yeah. They were they were uh, and I it was offered and I could not go. Hey boys, super team still here. Got off work, been listening to the game. Sounds like a fucking ass whooping. Good deal, good deal. Fuck him. Hey, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving. Uh, now I'm gonna get all fucking sappy and shit. Love you guys. Fucking Paul Feinberg. I'm just kidding. Love you, Paul. Thanks for you, buddy. MIG boys. Have a good day. That's sweet. That's sweet. See I how you feel. We should have a Friendsgiving with Phil. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if we have enough booze. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure about that, Caleb. Yeah, <laughs> from a neutral <laughs> location. Like Friendsgiving with Phil. I just go to his homeless shelter where he lives. <laughs> Yeah. Phil, okay. I, Phil, I assume you live in a homeless shelter, right? Yeah. Uh, or you can just come to our homeless shelter. Yeah. Don't fucking buy Hulu. Jesus fucking Christ. Super fan Phil, by the way. Love you. <laughs> Bears deep. Get ready, boys. Shit's getting wild. Love so, you, bye. I'm guessing Hulu was supposed to carry the game or something for uh, him? Maybe, but uh, just in general, I guess Consumer Reports advice from Phil. <laughs> yeah. On the Mizzou podcast, do not buy Hulu. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Barry Odom, that sandbagging son of a bitch. <laughs> Hell of a finish to the season. I hope he pans out because he'll actually stay at Mizzou. Maybe. But uh, I'm a little worried. This should have been the year he made a run at the East. I'm a little worried about it. We're about to dump an incredible amount of experience and talent. I'm a little worried about next year. What do you guys think? Uh, you're a classic Mizzou fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's not wrong. He's not wrong, but he's, and rather than enjoy the victory, he's like, God, how bad is it going to be next year, fellas? <laughs> yeah, I'll take a beat and enjoy a big win over Arkansas. We'll worry about the ass poundings we're going to get next year. Next year. That's right. Yeah, nothing, nothing nice lasts very long in fucking Missouri. Yep, that's right. Arkansas is the worst D1 football team 
behind Kansas, and uh, Mizzou's going to get raped by the AP poll again because I think we have five losses instead of four. MIC. Oh, he's a referencing an article by the AP that's that credited us with five losses, one of which, and one of our wins uh, coming at Mizzou at uh, Faroe Field against Florida rather than. Uh, in the swamp. Right. And we won that game too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if they don't even know how many, uh, games we've lost, you can't. Or where they, them. we won them at. Right. He can't expect them to actually rank us. Nope. Don't fire Odom. Fuck Arkansas. They're all toothless inbreds and they're stupid. Everything was good. Team played well. We beat a shitty team's ass like we should. And we're going to a ball game at the dope ass shit. M-I-Z. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that they were. I mean, Arkansas looked terrible. I mean, not just like a bad team, but like just a like Kansas level bad. And I'm not being you know exaggerating, like tongue in cheek. They were they were looked really bad. They played like a letter school. Yeah, they sure did, Caleb. You know, I'm not sure if Arkansas and Tennessee fan bases, for example, realize that unless your name is Vanderbilt, uh, the conference does not really care about where you're located exactly. Um, I bring it down because obviously they don't have very good sports that academic. Whereas Arkansas and Tennessee have brought nothing to the table for football this year, but they for some reason think they're better than Missouri uh, because they are located in the southeast. If you're a great thank you or her SEC uh, front office, that does not matter. They want victories. They want bowl games. They want revenue. They want the conference to look good. Um, because honestly, schools like Arkansas and Tennessee are feeding off of the conference revenue. So what do you produce and sit there and just say that you're geographically located at D.C., so you're a good institution for football? What they really want is two giant media markets in Kansas City and St. Louis. And uh, Missouri offers those, and Tennessee doesn't, and neither does Arkansas. I mean, God, think about how crazy it is that Alabama has the best team in the nation, and the population in their state could be fit into a gymnasium. You know, they don't have really any – they just don't bring anything to the table <laughs> other than great football, college football. Great football. Hey, guys. Is there any way we could get a public service announcement for these trolltastic Odom haters on Twitter to shut the fuck up? <laughs> Please. This dude took over a, a dumpster fire of a program in 2015 with ex- external and internal issues and was the joke of sportscasters across the country. Turned him into a top 25 program. The dude has improved every single year. The recruiting has gotten every single year. What more do you want from this guy? You know, I don't think Odom is a perfect coach by any stretch of the imagination. Obviously, Kentucky proved that. Obviously, some of the calls in South Carolina proved that. But at what point are you going to buy into the results? The results are what they are. He beat a ranked opponent this year. He's got an 8-14 and and a bull bid. Like, this is a good coach. This is a good program right now. And it's far better than what it was three years ago. So, M-I-Z, let's see what's going on and keep that train rolling. Make some valid points. Not used to those. Mm-mm. That was well thought out and well said. Hey, damn on. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what this is in reference to, possibly. After Florida won their game, they uh, interviewed Dan Mullen on the side of the field, and he was talking about what could have, should have been. Uh, yeah, well, he was jacking his head back and forth. And he was basically talking about Georgia, you know, and how he should they should have been up there with Georgia and listed off some games that they probably should have won. And then he caught himself because he basically dismissed the Missouri loss, the Missouri beatdown by like 33 mm-hmm. points. As at, a swamp. Yeah, as, as a non-factor in the season. 
He's like, not to take anything away from Missouri because they're a heck of a football team. And uh, I was like, clearly his train of thought was that, like, uh, we didn't really lose to Missouri. That's an aberration. Yeah. We don't lose to Missouri by 33. We can't. We're Florida. Yeah. And uh, But the fact is they do, and they have, and they did for the last two years. Yeah. And uh, it's the first time with Dan Mullen, but get used to it, fucker. <laughs> yeah, welcome to Florida. We own you, bitch. Eat a dick, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> What do you guys say we take our first break? We get back with some maybe Arkansas sour grapes tweets. And, of course, Kansas news. This is the Mazodcast. Stop! Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway, 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix, phones fixed fast. And we are back, and this is Sly exclusive with his track I Deserve Better featuring Schoolboy. You can send your original music to mazodcast at gmail.com as well. I think we, we always like sour grapes, especially from folks in Arkansas who are illiterate and sister fucking and all that. But, you know, they were so bad this year. Did you guys see many sour grapes? A couple of them. Not well, a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, last year it was all focused on firing Brett Bielema. So much like Florida, they were so mad at their coach or Tennessee that they didn't focus their rage on us. Sour grapes are their best when the team is good. You know, like Florida sour grapes were good this year because they were appalled that they could lose to us. Mm-hmm. But Arkansas kind of knew this was coming. They were 21-point uh, dogs in this game. So let's do it anyway, because fuck them. It's time for sour grapes. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes. You got them sour grapes. Okay, what do you got, fellas? Well, my favorite one is a two-for-one that I found. There's a Twitter handle called Pig Trail Nation, and I believe believe there's some kind of broadcast, maybe a podcast or a blog or some bullshit. But they tweeted out a picture of their setup after the game of a tent and all this, and they said, post-game Chad Morris setup, courtesy of the so-called journalism school, with a picture of it. Mr. Mark Ellington replied, Mizzou can eat a handful of shit. Real classy assholes. In the rain, no more respect for Mizzou. This is childish bullshit. Hey, Mizzou football, grow the fuck up. Also, get the fuck out or something. To it. They're real mad over their bloggers not having a good spot to blog at. They even care about the grapes. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Yeah, sad they for them. Didn't have a great view of the 38-0 to zero ass-fucking pounding that Mizzou gave them. Yeah, it's a shame nobody cared about their stupid blog. <laughs> yeah, I've got one from hogcall.com. It just yeah. says, yeah. uh, Mizzou is classy. And it says, and it, it, it's in referencing a quote tweeting a tweet that says, it's 38 to zero and Drew Locke is still on the field. Sour 
that great. The thing that gets me about this one is that, uh, you know, your team has a say in uh, the score and when people go in and out. I mean, you could be mad at your team for letting it be 38 to nothing rather than who we put in and out of our games. It's a lack of self-reflection, I find, that some of these Southeastern Conference teams have that mire them in shit for so long. <laughs> well... The same uh, podcast quote tweeted one of our tweets and said, Mizzou fans think mean and classy are the same thing. No wonder they don't have class. Busy making safe spaces, I guess. Sour grapes. One of the funniest things, there was a long thread. A couple of our listeners were going after one of these Arkansas guys. And it was Arkansas guy's Twitter feed was a picture of him and his girlfriend. And they were going back and forth. And there was... Very rarely do I see tweets that like shut my mouth. One of our, <laughs> one of our fans, a Mizzou guy, said, Well, I have to give you props. For taking a picture with your mascot. <laughs> oh, God damn. That's, that's ice cold, brother. That's cold blooded. Damn, I love it, though. I love it. I love it. Who was that? I mean, we need to, we need to shout we'll him out. We'll have to out. track that down. Oh, but I, I got a crack out of that one. I was like, Jesus Christ, he went after the girlfriend. Well, I mean, you, you, <laughs> you, you set yourself up by being a pig. Yeah, don't, put any, don't put any loved ones in a photo of you on Twitter. Don't Just yeah. don't do it. Not if your mascot is a pig. You're just setting yourself up for <laughs> yeah, it. You're man. asking for it, really. Yeah, or eat your vegetables and run. Yeah. A Brad Branham. At Brad Branham, said in his profile was like a is like an Arkansas fan and preacher, uh, <laughs> all in favor of stopping this stupid so called hashtag battle line rivalry charade. Please stand. And he had a, he said got a quiz. You know, uh, you can choose from there is no rivalry to again there is no rivalry. Mm-hmm. So clever. And I responded to this that I agree there is no rivalry because for a rivalry truly to exist, both teams must be good mm-hmm. consistently. And we have fucking owned Arkansas. They don't even have to be good. They just have to be on the same level. Competitive. We've been so much better. You know, and what's crazy is that most of the time rivalry games, the other team plays up even if they're not that good. Well, Arkansas doesn't do that. It's a, mm-hmm. They're a terrible, terrible football team, and this is not a rivalry. Yeah, we agree with you, Arkansas fans. This is no rivalry. You're worse than us. Jeff Epps, 16, wrote... Just simply, there is no hashtag battle line rivalry. Fuck Missouri. Great. Yeah, yeah. There is a battle line rivalry. As much as you may not like it, as much as I may not like it, there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a fucking like a 180 pound trophy just to prove that well, there is. Well, I was just going to say that may be why they think there isn't a rivalry. They've never seen that trophy. <laughs> it's lived in Columbia. <laughs> yeah, it's a permanent resident. I've got one. The University of Arkansas tweeted the score out, and Albert F. 022 said, yeah, it's literally the worst seven-year stretch in Razorback football history. Congrats on beating up the worst University of Arkansas teams of all time. Salad grapes. Yeah, it's this. we get this a lot, too, whenever people are like, we suck, so why are you so happy? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you're not insulting us with these <laughs> yeah. tweets that you're... We're fucking terrible, so <laughs> be super proud of yourself. Yeah, I hope you're happy you won this game, because we fucking suck. We definitely are, because we've lost to your fucking trash pile of a team. We'd be really upset right now. That's why I don't understand. They don't have any self-awareness. You're not making yourself look better. Well, I, did, I, don't, I didn't screenshot this tweet, and I know you saw it, but the guy who was blaming Arkansas's poor play and poor luck for the last few years... On Missouri joining the conference, like we were some sort of bad luck charm. Right. I'm like, I know. I feel like that big fat pig of a man, Brett Belima, you hired, uh, who tr- fucking drove your uh, program directly into a concrete wall, probably had as much to do with it as Missouri. But okay, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, the fact that his arteries were clogged with cottage cheese at all times <laughs> didn't help him coach football. But yeah, we're seven and three against Arkansas. Yeah. Seven and three. And keep in mind, we haven't been in the league for ten years, so I don't think this goes back. Yeah, so I don't also, think. Also, we beat the best Arkansas team of the last. 30 or 40 years 
handily in 2008. Yeah, the Cotton Bowl. Yeah. The Cotton Bowl. We no. all remember that because Tony Temple took a hot, steamy shit on their fucking running back trio and he set a fucking Cotton Bowl record. Yeah, that's right. That Who was that? It was uh, McFadden and yeah. – uh, oh, yeah, Felix Jones and the, what was the white guy? Hill. Peyton Hillis. Peyton Hillis. Yeah, that, those were the three running backs on that team, all of which went to the NFL and had so some measure of success. Mm-hmm. And Tony Temple took a big, hot, steamy, nutty shit right on top of their heads. Yep, and that was Houston Nuts' last game. Was, yeah. No, actually, I think he quit the week before because that's how excited people are to coach Arkansas. Take him to a Cotton Bowl, and you quit. <laughs> I've got a good one here that you guys will enjoy. It's about the, it's about the Mizzou-Arkansas game, but not from an Arkansas fan. This is from Make UT Great Again. Fuck Mizzou and Dooley for not hitting the over on purpose. So Tennessee fans are still mad at us, and we're not even playing it. Sorry, great. Oh, there's a. There, I feel like they should be mad if they're not gonna if they're gonna bitch about the over. Blame the team that scored zero fucking points. You know what I, I mean? Like we scored thirty eight. What do you want from us? <laughs> I know. It. Yeah, it, it was easier to find still Tennessee sour grapes than it was Arkansas it really, sour grapes. It always is. They're so mad. That makes me happy. Although they had their hands full getting mad and sour grapey about Vanderbilt this week. Well, you know, Arkansas is slowly sliding into being Vanderbilt sort of. You know, like Vanderbilt doesn't have sour grapes because they just don't expect to win anything. And Arkansas, like. Based on since we've joined this conference, Brennan, every year there's less Arkansas Sour Grapes tweets to pull from. I right. remember the first year when we were winning the SEC East, and they were all really high still on Brett because he was a, right. he was their new shiny toy, and they thought they were going to you know dethrone Alabama, and then we would you know jam our fist into their rectum. Right. Uh, that really upset them, and we got a lot of sour grapes out of that. And yeah. every year, just less and less and less as their pride slowly slips yeah. from their body. Well, I was going to say. Enthusiasm for Arkansas football has to be at an all-time low. I, mean, <laughs> I would hope so. Prepping for this it is game, terrible. I, I was looking for Arkansas articles, and most of them were in this vein. Is this the worst Arkansas football <laughs> team we've ever seen in its history? And I think the answer is probably yes. You're it's, two and ten. You're awful. Well, and like I said, I mean, no hyperbole. It, they this was it was a bad team on that on that field. I mean, it was really bad. Oh, it was as bad or worse than any of the teams we played in the non-cons. Yeah, that's what I mean. When I looked at that team, I was like, this looks like Delaware State. I mean, this doesn't look like... (laughs) Yeah, they wish they were as good as Delaware State. (laughs) No kidding, the Hornets. I've I've got some sour grapes that kind of go along with your talking about. They they don't have anything to bitch about, so they went to something else. Two guys named Mitch talking to each other. Oh, boy. Yeah. Everything about this game, including the broadcast and Missouri's high school caliber stadium, is so unbelievably ugly. Mitch, too, agreed. That's a horrible place to watch a game. Their team is good, something to be proud of, but you think the SEC would make them get busy with the stadium improvements. It's not up to SEC standards. Sour there's a There's literally been a giant crane <laughs> in one side of the stadium to build a $90 million expansion all season long, you fucking morons. They put some dumb fuck in a hard hat every week on the television to show you that they're fucking working on it. <laughs> yeah, so- and this guy tweets, boy, I wish they'd do some renovations to that stadium. Yeah, I think yeah, they're we'll- kind of in the middle of it, you jackass. <laughs> Mitch, <laughs> Mitch number two claims he was at the game watching, so apparently he couldn't see that in so. <laughs> yeah, fucking idiot. Sour grapes. That's like saying, I really like Mississippi, but I wish they were more racist. Yeah, that's- It's like, have you not been paying attention? They're super racist. Observant. <laughs> All right, guys, it's time to move in to, of course, Kansas news. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story. Kansas businesswoman finds a need 
and a way to meet it. Nikki Hershberger discovered a couple things about she got a need for speed. <laughs> She'll find a way to get it. Nikki Hershberger discovered a couple things about her native Wichita when she moved back after 30 years. One is there aren't as many good food choices as in Portland, Oregon, where she had been living. Well, that's not shocking at all. No fucking shit. <laughs> it's what Kansas. made you move back? Yeah, you, know, you, you didn't. You didn't like the donkey meat menu or the prairie dog. You know, I mean, like not a lot of choices. I was amazed and miserable at how my stomach became distended. She said that led her to seek. You guessed it, colon hydrotherapy, also known as a colon cleanse or irrigation, which she'd become an advocate of on the West Coast, as all West Coast people are. If there's yeah. one thing West Coast people love, it's hokey bullshit medicine <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. say nay to vaccines. Shove some water up my asshole. <laughs> yeah. That'll keep me healthy. That's sure. You want a goddamn colon blow, go to Taco Tuesday at your local bar. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Ginseng, this ginseng bath that I'm taking with uh, my linseed oil margarita that's going to clean out my bad feed and spirits in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm, all of it's great. All yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. My uh, dildo made of St. John's wort doesn't seem to be doing the trick. <laughs> Oh my God! Who was I? Was so upset with one of our football players. I think we made Kale Garrett had a fucking dream catcher tattoo on his arm. I realized during the game Saturday, I was like, "It's a fucking dream catcher." Yeah, boy, (laughs) it's like on an old fat lady's minivan and Kale Garrett's arm. (laughs) I was running into old friends, and I could tell (laughs) that I could tell needed colon cleansing. Sure, you can just see it in their eyes when she says she ran into friends. She must mean it. Yeah, your turds are. I can tell your turds are really stacking up. I was nearly getting choked up at the sight of them. Well, what was she doing? What was causing her to choke? Maybe it's another colon that needs to be cleansed. <laughs> God, Lord. Hershberger opened... I'm not going to lie to you, I don't think about my friend's colons much at all. Yeah, I don't believe that. Hershberger <laughs> opened Tallgrass Health in Riverside earlier this year. More recently, she'd begun offering colon hydrotherapy at OptiLife Health and Fitness Center. Sure. She describes colon hydrotherapy as a safe, gentle, and effective way to remove waste from the colon without drugs. I have another method, Colin. Seems to have been working for years for me, which is plopping my ass on a stool. <laughs> you know, she just, that's the way she describes it. I described it as shooting water up someone's asshole. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Yeah, putting I'm something. I'm sure the brochures are a little more fancy with their talk about it. You need to get waste out of your body? Put something in your body. <laughs> Makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> totally intuitive. Yeah. And, uh, I think it goes in as water. It comes out as like root beer. Mm-hmm. Sort of hot dog yeah, water. Nutty, that, nutty root beer. Everybody in the SEC knows the earth's about 5,000 years old. <laughs> And I feel like in in that time, we've sure. developed a pretty good way to remove waste from our body. It's called pooping. Yeah, it's called pooping. Caleb's an expert. We all know about it. Yeah. For, for 5,000 years mm-hmm. uh, th- since this earth was created, and we bought, we've, we've had it figured out. This procedure I'm pooping right now. <laughs> <laughs> this procedure is similar to an enema, she said, but reaches the entire length of the colon. Mm. She said it is the equivalent of 30 enemas. Ooh, wow. wow. Not just two enemas. It's like double the enema. It's like 30 times. Well, and if you would have asked me, I would have said 28 enemas won't get the job done, but 30. That's the threshold. <laughs> sure. Nailed it. The procedure takes about 45 minutes, and guess what it costs, guys? You want to guess what it costs? Gosh, it was, it's like 30 enemas. I'm going to say like $3,000. Oh no! This is in Kansas. It costs like oh, one hundred and seventy-two dollars and two prairie dog pelts. Ooh, I never thought about prairie dog pelts. Does it say, does it have an exchange rate for prairie dog pelts? <laughs> it does not, as most of these articles do not. But uh, <laughs> the closest to this was uh, Caleb. It cost a hundred and ten dollars to shove water up your asshole. Gosh, I can do that for free, honestly. She says most people seek her help because they're suffering from bloating or constipation. And I know a good way to not feel bloated. Shoot a bunch of water up your asshole. 
<laughs> Kel's got it all figured out. And you may seek your medical advice from scientists or doctors, but she knows the real answer. She That's says, right. you know why so many models and celebrities seek colon hydrotherapy? Because they want to look good Because they love wacky pseudoscience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So don't listen to your doctor or the scientists. Listen to models and actors who yeah, know exactly. everything about everything. <laughs> yeah. Their little uh, uh, red yarn wrists, you know, their Kabbalah monsters or yeah. whatever. Wasn't that a thing for a while? I don't know. The actors' job is literally to pretend to know things, <laughs> to say things other people wrote for them. <laughs> but listen to them for putting stuff in your body. Yeah, don't listen to your physician, obviously. If you walk around enough, somebody, you know, one of her buddies would have gave them some homemade, like, deer jerky. That'll clean your shit out. Oh, boy, tell me about it. This is a story a lot of people have brought to our attention, and we haven't gotten around to it yet. It is titled, Kansas Official Tells Black Woman He's Member of the Master Race and Don't Ever Forget That. Wow. Yeah, this is, uh, that's something. You know what the greatest thing about these guys that are like the white supremacist nut jobs who think part of the master race is really that they're like the fattest, disgustingest, like yeah, they most drive rancid around. pieces of shit on the planet. And it's like, okay, you're the master race, uh, guy that looks like, a you're 400 pounds overweight and almost dead. Uh, stand next to LeBron James and let's just, let's just say, <laughs> decide who's the master. Yeah, let's decide who's the master, who the masters are is in this, this scenario. Who's, who's genetically superior? Yeah. <laughs> Driving a rusted out fucking pickup truck yeah. with Confederate flags Confederate on the back. Confederate flag in the back. Yeah. A Kansas- yeah. Well, my Jesus is a white guy, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A Kansas County commissioner is facing calls to apologize after telling a black woman that he is part of the master race during a routine public planning meeting. That seems like it would come up. The remark was made on Tuesday by Leavenworth County Commissioner Lewis Klemp, a white man. Shocking. <laughs> Is there anybody on the planet, on the planet, that thinks that I'm in any way superior to Terry Beckner Jr. because I'm a white person? No. <laughs> no, there are there are people that believe that. Oh, God. Can you imagine such a thing? We know, we know you and know that you're very much not superior to anyone. anybody. Yeah. For sure. The remark was made on Tuesday by Louis Klimp, a white man, and seemed directed at a woman presenting for a firm about architecture. It's been branded as racist, and local media reported it was not the first time Klimp has sparked controversy. I don't want you to feel like I'm picking on you because we are part of the master race, he said in the meeting. You have a gap in your teeth. We're the master race. Don't ever forget that. Bob Holland, another county commissioner, said... So it's got nothing to do with color. It's got it's about having gaps in their teeth? I don't... Fucking who knows. What is this master race, Holland said on Wednesday? None of us are a master race. We are all Americans. We're all human beings. I think he is racist. I do. I think he owes an apology to the woman. I think he owes an apology to the whole commission, said one of us other commissioners, stating what is clearly the most obvious thing in the fucking world. Uh, they also reported that Klimp was not elected to his role, but appointed by... The Republican committee, after another member resigned due to ill health, when approached by the news outlet, Clint claimed his comment was meant as a joke and a hilarious one. Yeah, I'm laughing. Yeah, that's a great story. Clint is a classic Kansan. Can you spell his name? K L E M P. Like mine, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Kansas high school football coach furiously charges that player. Over ice bath celebration. Got the Gatorade bath, huh? St. Thomas Aquinas in Kansas won the school's first state title in football over the weekend, which is probably a huge deal for head coach Randy Dryling. As is customary during a championship winning performance, the head coach got a Gatorade cooler dumped on him. It's a weird tradition, but that's how sports works. Ask Nick Saban or Bill Belichick. Dryling, though, was having none of that. As the head coach made his way to midfield, two players tried to pour the cooler's remains on Dryling. He responded in a non 
championship-winning fashion and charged at number three. Travis Hayne, who was at the game, said Coach Dryling isn't a fan of ice baths, and that would be putting it mildly. I've never seen anything in high school football in over 20 years of watching it like this. Apparently, he grabbed his player by the face mask and shouted him down for dumping cold water on him. Yep. And maybe it's because that water was wasted when it could have gone up his asshole. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't even, he's just a... His wife may be the colonic lady. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Caleb, do we have any other Kansas news this week? He he seems like very Nick Saban-esque. I mean, what puts you in a worse mood than winning a championship? Right. Saban will take an ice bath if you just won a championship. This guy's a real cocksucker. I mean, no, I don't know. I mean, I feel like nobody's madder about about winning than Nick Saban, except maybe this guy. All right, Caleb, last piece of Kansas news for the season. Okay, we got Texas playing uh, Kansas. Oh, they're not going to a bowl, Brennan? Texas is back, as I've been told. Mm -hmm. Texas with the douchest coach there ever was. He is a king douche. Himself is a colon blow ready to explode at any point. TJ Moe could just fucking dial it down a bit. We might have to name this the Tom Herman douche of the week, but TJ just can't help himself. Agreed. Texas won 24-17. Well, that sure doesn't sound like Texas is back to me. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little close, Texas. Well, if you remember, one of the great wins in recent Kansas history was over Texas. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Texas has has trouble with those Jayhawkers. And yet, they went 3-9 and and fired their coach, and they couldn't be more excited because they have less miles coming Mm -hmm. in. That's the state of Kansas program. They are super stoked. I got an argument with Kansas fans this weekend over a fucking call that I happen to see on TV. They're all a bunch of fucking morons, and they should quit playing and watching football. (laughs) Agreed. All right, fellas, let's take our final break of the day, come back with SEC Around the Horn for the final time this season, and dish out some awards. This is the Mazodcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here, and I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine, and that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year, they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, pissed drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. And we are back. And it's sad. It's the end of regular season college football, so we only have one more time to do this and look back at the games that were this weekend. It's time for SEC Around the Horn. We Waffle House, our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and call it SEC. Jesus loves football. 
Colin, would you fire up the Finebot? Sure will. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. All right. Thanks for joining us, Paul. Thank you, Mizzou Cast Podcast. Caleb, what was on the docket for the last week of college football? First off, we had a battle down at the Egg Bowl on Thursday. Mississippi State and Ole Miss. A real battle. A real battle. There was a brawl, a fight. People ejected. Mm-hmm. All over a game that ended up 35-3 to Mississippi State. <laughs> Yeah. What in the world is Mississippi State and Old Miss? Like, every week it's something new with those two. Like, I don't know if they're good, if they're bad, or they're... Well, yeah. I mean, Old Miss is in the final year of their uh, sanctions, so who knows what we'll see out of them next year with the Matt Luke. But Mississippi State, uh, they have been like Texas A&M to me this year. I don't know if they're good or bad. They seem to be able to score tons of points one week and can't get but 14 yards passing the next week. I don't know. I have no answers. I'd be interested to see who they get for a bowl game and what they do because they're an enigma. Mm-hmm. Colin, I looked up. We talked about the Egg Bowl and the meaning. And you said I don't you know. know. But I looked it up, and I think you would think it's fascinating. Oh, well, I don't agree. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Would you like to know? These guys aren't asking oh, gosh, me anything I'm interested in. There's a trophy in this involved like there is in any other one. The original trophy that the gentleman made for this football game that was not called the Egg Bowl was supposed to be a statue with a football on top of it. But the gentleman apparently didn't know how to make a fucking football and made a shape that looks more like an egg, and they've been handing it out ever since then. Not sure so about all, that. All that's, started with a big fuck-up of somebody in Mississippi. Yeah, so that's the most Mississippi thing I have ever heard. Yeah. This conversation is really getting to the point of, of absurdity. <laughs> all right, Paul. Uh, who, who else played this week, Caleb? Uh, Florida played Florida State in the battle of fucking toothless Floridians, and Florida right. won 41-14. Yep, uh, Florida State is terrible. That gave Florida a free win this year, basically, and it got them off the snide because Florida State had been kicking their ass yep. in the years. Did you, did you see the gentleman that after that game posted a picture of Willie Taggart, the coach? Yeah, I did. And it they was fired him guess today. What? Yeah, it was racist. Guess yeah. what? Racist. What happened? A Florida State fan, wasn't it? Yes. Florida State fan posted a, a edited picture of a a hanging and put Willie Taggart's face on it. Jesus Christ. And said he basically wishes this would happen and they get a different coach. The guy's Twitter handle has where he works at. The dude worked at a goddamn Hilton Gardens down there <laughs> and all that. I bet he kept his job. Yeah. Well, yeah. Caleb used the past tense. Yeah. I bet they, yeah. they know nothing they've had better Hilton than lynch models and had a problem with it. Sure. Well, that's strange. He gone. He gone. All right. Next up, the battle for Georgia, Georgia Tech, and Uga. Georgia. We had the Bulldogs beating the Yellow Jackets 45-21. <laughs> that was another situation where Georgia Tech was not in the same league with Georgia this year. Free win for Georgia. Mm-hmm. We have South Carolina playing the in-state Clemson. Yeah, and then this one win, I think, is pretty much how everybody mm-hmm. thought it would go. Yeah. 56, 35, Clemson. Actually, 35 is <laughs> more than I expected they would That's score. true. Uh, yeah, South Carolina, they did have some fight in them. It wasn't mm-hmm. a, it wasn't as ugly as it could have been, or maybe mm-hmm. should have been, but at the end of the day, they did not have what it takes to beat a Clemson, because nope. they're a middling team. Yeah, they sure are. Kentucky played Louisville. Kentucky yeah. beat Louisville 56 to 10. Yeah, that was another one. Louisville is in the absolute dumpster, so Kentucky got a free win. You know, it does speak to SEC prominence, I think. We always talk about SEC being such a great football powerhouse conference, but every time we play these rivalry games outside of conference, the SEC teams have been clobbering them. They're in a better way. Exactly. You're right about that. 
In a battle for Tennessee supremacy, Vandy <laughs> played the Volunteers. Vandy beat the Volunteers 38-13. <laughs> yep, and this is this game makes me a little bit sick because I wanted to bet on it. Vandy was a three-point favorite. I kind of wish Tennessee was a favorite, but having played both of these teams, Tennessee looked far worse than Vanderbilt. You know, yep. I expected Vanderbilt to win, and they did, and it really... It, it was an important game for both of these programs because, A, Tennessee thinks their world's better than Vanderbilt, and they'd already been beaten by Vanderbilt, I think, three other times. Was this four straight games now? That, four straight, I believe. And the first time that's happened since the 1920s. But also, both teams were on the verge of bowl eligibility. The winner gets to go to a bowl, the loser goes home, and that loser turned out to be the Volunteers. So fuck you, Tennessee Volunteers. And when this happens in Vandy, it, it provides one of the best... Uh Twitter videos of all time of a Vanderbilt fraternity playing Rocky Top in their front yard and dancing to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hot garbage. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> is, Paul. Was that it what? for this week? No, we had the late night game. LSU and A&M. Oh, of course. Oh, how the game. How could I forget this? Seven overtimes. Yeah, I was driving back uh, from Thanksgiving, caught the last minute and 37 seconds of this game, thought, well, missed a lot of football today, but at least I'll get to watch LSU put a bow on this game. Oh, how I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I sat there and watched another whole football game. Seven fucking overtimes. 70 points scored by both teams. I was just rooting for it to keep going, honestly. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, care who won. Ever. Yeah. Although if I prefer... If the CC officials were worth their salt, the game would have been over and LSU would have won. That's true. They did fuck LSU over a few times. And I don't know about you guys, but for some reason I have a soft spot for Ed Ogeron and his giant yeah, giant. I neck. never want him to get fired because it's not as fun without Ed around. Uh, that's kind of like uh, Mike Leach. If you get Mike yeah. Leach and Ed Ogeron together and just... Yeah. I want them to have some sort of late-night television show that what, I can watch. What about Gundy from Oklahoma State? Yeah, Gundy, him? too. Like, yeah, they'd, they'd make, be make great. a nice trio. Yeah, and also, like I mentioned before, Jimbo Fisher's a rape enabler, so I'm not a fan of that. No, no, he's he's definitely okay with raping as long as you're really good at playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you love crab legs. Mm-hmm. Speaking of coaches moving, I, the Cliff Kingsbury got fired from Texas Tech, and they said Mike Leach has lots of interest in going back. So we may get Leach a little closer to us again. Yeah, I'm betting he... I don't know. But uh, the, the uh, weather in Texas is a little more agreeable with him. You're right about that. That and I'm sure in the state of Washington, there's only 13 or 14 people that even know or care that football exists. That's probably true as well. Well, Caleb, I guess, you know, there's only one game this weekend, right? It's championship week. Yeah, we've got Alabama and Georgia going at it. Yeah, and uh, this has been, we've known that this is going to be the case for a long time because uh, both teams wrapped up their division early. Alabama obviously is going to be the favorite for this one over Georgia, but, you know, this is essentially the national championship game I mean, from last year all yeah. over again. You guys may want to talk about that game. I mean, but the real game next week is going to be South Carolina and Akron. Oh, that's the one I really wanted to hear about. Sure. Yeah, I guess due to bad weather, South Carolina has to play another game that will not matter, mm-hmm. but it will make the record look slightly better from 6-5 and five to 7-5 and five after they beat Akron. That will still be at least one less win than us. It will be great if Akron beats them, though. Oh, that I could root for that. Sure. The Zips, the Akron Zips. They're going to fuck Is them there up. any chance that uh, Georgia beats Alabama, though, before we sure about completely that. over that? Yeah. Any chance? This Alabama team, it looked like, I was watching the Iron Bowl, and it just looked like they were toying with Auburn yeah. because it was close. Yeah. If you get two out of the game, they're not that great at offense. I mean, no. Well, no. I, if two is in there, I just don't see how. But you know what? If two plays four quarters, there's no way Georgia beats them. You know what the truth is, though? What, two years ago, when right. I was like, there's one way Clemson beats Alabama for the national championship, and by God, they did. I don't agree. And so uh, 
I, I'm loath to say there's no fucking way Georgia can win this game, but boy, you're right. Every about time that. I watch Alabama play, I'm just in shock and awe at how much better they are than everyone else in college football. Yes, sir. Yeah, they, they've just toyed with Auburn, and when they decided they wanted to go put the game away, they just started throwing long touchdown passes, and it was over. Yep, the end. I yeah. really want to see Alabama play Oklahoma for the national championship game and see a legit eighty point. Game. God, Oklahoma's defense, I mean, doesn't have a defense. I mean, they're fucking terrible on defense. I can't imagine they're going to survive the playoffs, but maybe they will. I mean, it would be a, but I, I think. I think they can score on anybody too. That's what's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, it might be a real shootout Alabama. because Oklahoma doesn't have a defense and Alabama's going to score a thousand points and Oklahoma's offense might be the only thing that can score on Alabama's defense. It'd be a terrific yeah. game. Yeah. I really want to see a rematch of a national championship from a few years ago where they, Put Notre Dame in their place and show them that they do not belong. <laughs> yeah, that in the is another one that yes, if, if it can work out where Alabama plays Notre Dame for the national championship game, that's. Perfect. I don't want them I'll in the national take championship Ohio game. Ohio State, if they let them sneak no, in, no, no, no. I don't want. I don't even want Notre Dame to play in the national championship. I want them to the first round of the playoffs. I want somebody to inviscerate them because they do not belong. Agreed. Alabama, we know Paul. All right, that'll do it for uh, the 2018 edition of SEC Around the Horn. Well, we got awards, guys. The last time we can dish out the awards in the regular season, let's do the first one. Any candidates? Anybody got any suggestions? Uh, how about Jimbo Fisher's nephew getting in a fight after the Texas A&M game? Yeah, that's right. Uh, tempers were high after seven overtime game that uh, a guy a- got punched in the pacemaker. <laughs> yeah, it, a lot of things happened, but uh, one She's of them. Not funny. <laughs> One of the things that was funny is that Jimbo Fisher's little nephew, who is now on the A&M staff, Weird. and we know we don't like Jimbo Fisher because obviously he's a rape enabler, tried to get in a fight with uh, LSU's director of player development, whose name is Kevin Falk, and was also in for a, a former, former NFL running back. Yeah, how do you think that would have turned out for him? Brandon? Apparently, uh, the staffer, Jimbo Fisher's nephew, ended up on the ground. God, we always talk about the coaching key party. You know, all these coaches are sort of in this wild knot of snakes in some sort of incestuous relationship. They all know one another. They all yeah. jump from job to job. They all hire each other. The other side of that coin that we don't talk about often is the rancid nepotism that goes on with these uh, jobs. Like We're not talking about Brian Odom, right? Exactly. <laughs> Barry Odom's brother. Exactly. Well, and one of the things they said when Louisville hired or fired Petrino was he had like four of his kids working on the staff. Yeah. Like four. You know, right. like there's there's rancid rancid. It's almost nepotism. like they're a president or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. Well, okay, let's give this nephew kid yeah, this, anything anybody with Jimbo Fisher blood. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher yeah, who wants to fight a former NFL running back and thinks he might be able to win makes you a douche. Douche of the week. All right, this one should be a little easier to award out, fellas. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's hair, player of the game. Mm. The magnificence of Kirk Farmer's hair. Yeah. Mm. When you see it blowing in the wind, you have to sit. <sighs> you can't watch that standing up. You I just, get somebody needs to just, I want somebody to like walk around with Kirk Farmer just holding a fan at all times. So it's mm-hmm. constantly blowing. Can you imagine running your fingers through that hair? Brennan, that's not, that's not do this. I've, that's no a change my pants. All right. Who can love, who can equal up to that beautiful hair? I don't know. 38 points. I think, I mean, there's, there's Manual more. Hall? Emmanuel Hall had some, yeah, he, what did he have, 160 yards with two touchdown catches, looked great. You know, on defense, of course, uh, Jordan Elliott had three sacks. Yeah, I don't even forget him. I know, five sacks for the day for a defense who has not been sacking the quarterback a yeah. lot this year. 
that was a great performance and mm-hmm. definitely warrants some mention. And of course, Roundtree got over a hundred yards and a thousand yards for the season. Great performances all around. This is my favorite type of Kirk Farmer's hair discussion because there's so many people well, I think going Kirk, around. I think, um, Drew Locke has won too many of these. So we don't want to, we don't want to give him so many. But I'm he so had tempted. A, he had a terrific game as well. Not only a terrific game, it was a swan song and mm-hmm. he did everything you could want. It was in a, a swan song. dong. That's boom. <laughs> It was a swan dong. It was the white hot rain of a thousand loads of awesomeness that dropped on Arkansas. Like that. Kind of have to give it to Drew Locke, though, yeah. really, don't we? Yeah, we do. I agree. Senior quarterback. I mean, it's senior year, last game. I mean, if you wanted to, it's last game. You can give it to Beckner. He came to the live show, guys. <laughs> yeah, he came to the live show, Caleb. You got to give it to him. Four years for him and Beckner, you know. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, let's do it. Let's give it the award, of course, to uh, Drew Locke, who earned every penny of it. Player of the game. You know, this all came after uh, we said we didn't want to give Drew Locke any more player of the game awards because he was playing against bad teams. All we've done, essentially, since you know, then is give him player of the game awards because he's played so well. Well, we said well. we didn't want to give him any more until he'd beaten SEC squads handily and, and played in those big games. And it's, but that's what he's done. Yeah, that is exactly what he's done. And he has he stepped up the plate. I wish I'd screenshotted the tweet. One of the uh, press box super friends. Meanwhile, back with the press box super friends. Had tweeted out his stats for the last like four SEC games he played, and he they were they were phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I cannot wait until bowl season comes around. But until then, it's next week is championship week when we're all going to be glued to our seats and our televisions to watch South Carolina take on Akron and other games. <laughs> sure. It's always bowl season in my garage, Brendan. Come over anytime. <laughs> it scares me so much between the AR-15 and the uh, sex toys. I don't know how Colin stomachs it. <laughs> and and the illegal it. drug use. Don't forget that, Brendan. Yeah, I look forward to that part. So uh, we'll try to bring you a show maybe for championship week and discuss where the SEC fits in the picture. And, of course, by that time, we should know where Mizzou is going to go bowl-bound-wise and see if we even want to go to that damn game and bring a bunch of Mizzoucast fans with us. Who knows? Time will tell. But until then, guys, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers! Pooping right now. <laughs> <laughs>